it's weird how things kind of coalesce and moments kind of uh, stick together like magnets uh, I believe is a phrase from somewhere in in as much as the subject matter we're talking about today I just got an email about the good kind of no so the universe is definitely aligning to allow us to talk about uh, saying no today oh wow mm. I'm, I'm intrigued by that but what that email might contain, but I shall cry. <laughs> Interestingly enough, it's it seems to be, uh, which could, could be a useful follow-up at some point, it seems to be when you are on the receiving end of no, what can you do? Ah, so ooh. that might be something to, to follow up. Perhaps an R for rejection, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't want to tell you how to do, you know, I don't, I don't come into there and slap the A to Z out of your mouth. <laughs> Welcome to the A to Z of happiness with Anya Pierce and me, Mark Stedman. Join us as we unpack the science of happiness one letter at a time. This week, it's N for no. But yeah, I think that, I mean, I'm mostly going to just like focus on, you know, saying no. But I think, yeah, the uh, aspect of receiving no can be very, very complicated. And I think it is one of these interesting things, you know, talking about, you know, no and rejection and refusal in the context of happiness, because, you know, very often we can, I can feel certainly that I am trying to encourage myself and others to include things, more things that make us happy. But we only have a certain number of hours in the day Mm. and to not only just fit the men but also another route to happiness is you know saying no to the things that make you unhappy mm-hmm. you know there's a saying that you know when we're, when we're choosing these things you know if you can't say no your ne- your yes doesn't mean anything and I think it's having that interesting you know can we have you know feel that you know if we're saying yes to everything and then feeling frustrated and burdened you know how is that a good quality yes versus like someone who's got actually, you know, I will say yes to things I want and I'll say no to things I don't want and that kind of clarity between the two. I've left two community radio stations in a cloud of displeasure because of oh, this very thing. Really? Because I felt, I found it so difficult to say no when people pressed my boundaries because I wasn't defining them well enough and so people kept because you know if someone doesn't seem to have any boundaries if you can keep saying asking them to do things uh if you can keep loading items onto their uh to their back like a game of buckaroo that's exactly what I was thinking of yep and if at no point you tip over then Mm. they're gonna just because they're like well he can take it on because he's you know he's not complaining and at some point, that ends up in perhaps in my uh, in my nineness <laughs> with a lot of uh, passive aggression, uh, and then sort of yeah, letting people down and and yeah, it's 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 kind of been a shame that both times I've I've helped with community projects, that's end up happening because when someone asks for something to be done, either you hear an empty room and it just feels like okay well Mm. if i can do it then i will or someone directly asks you and you haven't figured out yet how to say no Mm. yeah then what (laughs) ends up happening is you do too many things and then you you get upset 
Yeah, yeah. And, and, and just like to, to clarify, if you're listening, you know, you said in, in your nineness, we're referring to the Enneagram with that, which is a, a way of understanding our our core behaviours and how they, our core motivations, sorry, and how they might manifest in our behaviours. And yeah, nines are one of the anger trilogy, but they tend to not actually access anger until really, really pushed. You know, being very, you know, laid back and helpful and friendly but yeah bookaroo if you pile too many things on their back (laughs) that donkey's out of here frank i need to get a bell uh that i can (laughs) ring anytime the enneagram comes up in a podcast recording because they are increasing in frequency and i think this was the first time i brought one up unbidden on my own you know a podcast on which i'm a co-creator so um (laughs) We'll see if it stays in the edit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've, I've crossed some sort of Rubicon. Uh, I'm a real boy now. Anyway, um, <laughs> the good news for anyone who feels like they can relate to, to what we're describing here is uh, you've got some stuff that could be helpful. Yeah, well... He says it, leadingly. He did very leadingly, taking this horse to the water. Um, it came about, there's a couple of reasons, actually. You know, one, I did a workshop years ago in person. And a friend of mine, uh, Rebecca Moore, who's the author of some breathwork cards, nudged me and said, you know, I'm sure there's like, there's like a rise model that you you gave at this workshop. And I was like... I don't even remember what workshop that is. I googled it, couldn't find it, dug out my old notes, and then oh shit, I created something, and I found like a whole trove of notes into which you know this this particular episode will be, uh, you know, diving in lightly. But yeah, more recently I had an experience with someone. I I got to know someone who is an art. I mean, if we're gonna go enneagram on us, baby, <laughs> someone who's a two. Sure. I think, you know, someone who is very people pleasing, very much defines themselves by the relationships. And I was trying to work on something else, actually. And then the phrase, you know, the people pleasers first aid kit popped into my head. I sat down, wrote out the outline on a piece of A4 in about 20 minutes, recorded the videos in about like within 24 hours. And yeah, it's a little, a little gift if you're listening. Um, if you go to my website, com. It's for, you know, just go onto the free resources and you can see the watch the first video and there's like three others if you um if you'd like them and various resources and stuff. But yeah, being it's funny when I was talking about this idea of people pleasing and just using that phrase, how many people just started to go, Oh gosh. <laughs> Hi, hello, or like if it's Seen. not Yes <laughs> I, I'm in this photo and I don't like it. <laughs> And then, can I share this with other people who are also in this photo and need to fucking know about it? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's that it's that realization how of how challenging and how fractious our relationship can be with the with the word no, mm-hmm. and how it really kind of like requires a certain amount of self knowledge, discernment, and courage, you know. You just mentioned earlier about the your experience at the community radio stations, mm. you know, not knowing or something, you know, recently not knowing what is what is what you want. And then having the discernment to check in with ourselves and go, okay, so is where do I sit with this? 
Is this something that I have capacity for? That's something that I wanted to, because to, it, it just appeared in my brain as well, is, is mm. thinking about capacity. And if I think about the things to which I found difficult to say no, and even with, with you know, when I used to, uh, when I used to work for a living, uh, <laughs> when I had a jobby job, mm. finding it very difficult to say no, knowing that you've got time, because you can't really say I haven't got the time, but it's really important that we protect that free time because then it doesn't become free time, and then you spend all your time doing the, either doing things for other people or whatever. Mm. And so there's a thing there in 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 capacity of being able to say, well, I need to actually protect some of this. I can't work to my capacity, or I can't mm. be in service for my capacity. I need to be able to protect some of that time, and that's why I'm saying no. Yes, I've got the time to do it, but I'm protecting that time for me. Yeah, and I think a lot of people. I would imagine the S is going to be for self-compassion. A lot of people struggle with the idea of protecting something for themselves and actually putting themselves on that list of priorities. And I think one of the ways which I'm trying to come around at it is through the idea of a buffer. Because if we think about capacity and limits, there can be a sense of, well, all the things that I have now are going to be static and stable. Therefore, that amount of capacity is going to be static and stable. Mm. But actually having buffer for the unexpected. And so if we can't think of it as, okay, this is something I need to protect for myself. Actually just thinking this is, this is time to allow me to be responsive to what shows up that I haven't thought about already. And so it goes from like this kind of protective, hoarding, self-preservation mm-hmm thing of no no I, I I might run out you know it takes us to this idea of actually allowing space for creativity for flexibility in what we've committed to already you know allowing things to relax and have spaciousness and take up more time and more resources if needed and also you know when we think of the capacity and time, it's not just you know the physical hours, it's the amount of emotional energy that we have, amount of intellectual energy that we have. And this is something that I can be quite guilty of forgetting is that, oh, you know, I can, you know, I have a certain amount of maybe physical energy due to my, my health, but actually emotional stuff will take up more energy from me than an intellectual exercise mm-hmm. or whatever you know certain things can be more draining just naturally because there's more to process more you know more data mm. <laughs> you know and so having that you know if you think about a laptop and a memory system the the, the, system, the software you use uh descript for editing mm. this you know they require like at least 20 gigabytes of hard drive space you know they require a buffer for it to work effectively and i think we're just the same and so then we end up with a difficult choice uh, because if you define yourself by being affable by being i was gonna say pliable but that's not necessarily <laughs> the word i mean flexible i flexible, think approachable mm. uh you know someone that, helpful helpful Fre- yeah friendly. should we even yes absolutely uh you know someone that, that people can rely on then you're you're sort of tra- you then get into trading that trading that sort of what might be the niceness 
uh, side of it for for being authentic. Yeah, and you know we'll go into this a little bit more. You know about I think this is like a perfect segue into one of our first prompts. Actually, you know how easy is it for you to say no? You know mm. this actually takes makes me think of our old friend attachment theory Hmm. and (laughs) this idea of you know when we have a rupture or you know something happens with us and where our caregiver is contradicting us and say oh no don't be upset about it oh it's not a problem whatever dismissing our experience you know we have this challenge you know do I ignore my own experience and stay in connection with you or do I be which is like you know we are primed as a social species and so that is, you know, a very, very tempting prospect. Or do I stay with my experience and be authentic, but then risk, you know, when we're infants, risking death, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of, it's not, you know, and it, and it can feel, still feel life or death to us, even as, as adults. You know, I talk about this in my, in my kit, you know, this, this thing of, oh, I want to be, I would prefer other people to like me. Well, it's it's important for our for our survival, isn't it? It's the whole. If we're not, then we're banished, and and banishment means death, and all that malarkey. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and it makes it really tricky when we are trying to work out how we feel about something, because my experience has been that a lot of people pleasers tend to be on the more empathetic side so that you're picking up more information from the other person anyway and if you have experienced trauma as as you know many of us you know having you know be that as a big t or a small t you know developing something called hyper empathy and so you know all we all our bandwidth all our capacity for processing is focused on processing the other person's data that they're giving us and so being able to hold both simultaneously, you know, what, you know, what, what they're saying and what I'm saying and hold them with parity, actually. Mm-hmm. I think that's the hard thing. You know, I've noticed this for myself, you know, in certain situations where it's bloody ridiculous that I'm trying to people please. Because like the thing, I, you know, the, the situation I'm in means that I, I can say no and there's zero consequences. And yet my instinct is and my hyper empathy is always to be is to try and find out you know what what do you want first so then I can orientate myself against that or yes. in relationship to it yes but if I oh, yes. <laughs> it's ringing a bell <laughs> far easier to do that than set out what you want and set out your store and have that be rejected yeah, yeah, and there's a wonderful podcast, uh, The Poet Therapist, with Carrie Quinn, who's written a book on boundaries, which I really must pick up. But And she talks about how in these those situations as well, what we ask for is the absolute bare minimum. Mm-hmm. We don't ask for what we actually want. We ask for the very small amount that we think we might be able to get and avoid rejection through. Yes. And then when that doesn't get, accepted because the people are thinking oh you're asking for the big thing of it and they can negotiate down like no 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 i've already i've already gaslit myself to ask for like the bare fucking crumbs and you're now from that perspective yeah 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 and so this is when like people can get really activated really upset when 
you know, they do ask for something occasionally because it's, it's so much oh, emotional energy. There's so much weight on this one little thing that they figure that they can just about be justified in asking for maybe and they've screwed up all their courage and now they've been told no and they are the horrible, terrible person and they should never have needs and And so when we're thinking about saying no, a lot of this does feel like, oh, I'm trying to say no to things that I don't want and don't want to do. But I always think of (laughs) the scenario I used to use in the workshop was like, you know, you're, you're at a seminar and someone you don't want to spend time with asks you to, to have a drink afterwards and you go oh no no that's fine thank you you know and, and, and that can be like a problematic situation how do you say no to someone you know face to face and it's not it might not look you're laughing it might not even be like a romantic thing it might just be something like no 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 oh. i'm just yeah no I'm, I'm literally just thinking about like yeah do you fancy a drink and you're like no thank you that it's just it's such a it's such a weird thing to, you know to, to hear it's like no no thank you like, not not I'm busy. Not no, just like no. It's it's so bald. It just no. I don't want to. <laughs> and and oh. you know and off you know we we will try and couch it. I, I've yeah. I've heard a way of doing it is like you do you know you do you flip it around say no you know, thank you so much for thinking of me but no, unfortunately I can't you know but but nice to meet to. you <laughs> yeah because I don't want to you know so there are ways of couching it yeah. but like the the alternative is you know you just message your partner that you are, or you're on your way home you're going to pick up takeaway on the way back and then someone who you would actually quite like to talk to mm. <laughs> says hi but, but no we're all going for a drink would you like to come you know because there's that there's moments when you know we do want to say yes but we have to say no yes <laughs> Oh, else we're going to get in trouble. Yes, because that person <laughs> over there uh, who was looking lonely is now thinking, but you didn't have time to go for drink. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Walking home sadly. I know, but because it's like, because I think with, with saying no, you know, and, I, and, I, and I'm, this is just my own stuff, you mm-hmm. know, but I do wonder whether there's kind of, there's two aspects to it as well, you know, of the external communication you know, how do we engage with someone and, you know, stand on our sacred ground and communicate our wants and needs and, and, and our refusal, you know, in a way which leaves everyone feeling, oh, no, no, that was okay. I can accept that. That's cool. And there's also then this this internal conflict. You know, there's an awful lot that happens before we start flapping our gums and trying to do the communication mm-hmm. part. <laughs> You know, and I think, you know, we all have this learned behavior. It's typical to have a learned behavior around or a learned relationship around the word no. You know, for some people, again, the person who inspired my people's pleasers first aid care, when they were talking about their upbringing, I got the sense that no was not an acceptable word to give to someone. For me... You know, my I mentioned earlier on kind of being in situations where I could say no without penalty and I still struggle. You know, I'm, I've been socialized as a, fe- as, as, as a woman, as female in our society. And there's, you know, a lot of that is about making other people happy, you know, and prioritizing their happiness over your own. And I'm also a disabled woman. And, you know, I've had to practice saying no a lot because I physically can't do stuff. <laughs> Sorry, I 
I'm just going. I'm having. I'm having a NARM flashback to my induction, as it were, at mm. the second community radio station, <laughs> where they, where the uh, station manager. Because I think I, I was interested in having my own show, and I think that we were p- possibly talking about it. I'd, I'd already been doing some work for them anyway, and uh, the station manager said. We need you know, producers. Let us down. We need you to sub in, basically. And I hadn't used any of the gear yet, and I'm visually impaired, and uh, I had to queue up tracks on a hard drive that I hadn't seen before on software that I didn't know. Oh and my God. I knew all of this was going to happen, and I hate it, you know. And it was a, I can't remember an hour. God, it was, maybe it was only an hour long, but it it was interminable. It was just it was so horrible because. Yeah, like I, I didn't have the capacity to say no. I don't know this equipment. I can't operate it in the way that you want me to, because I can't see the screens. And you're going to need someone who can see the screens. So no, it just I, I, I was completely yeah. incapable of saying it. And I think I don't know. Maybe this is a useful avenue, quick avenue to go down because of mm. it's not exactly reciprocity, but there is that thing of thinking maybe I want something from them, mm. which doesn't cross their boundary. But you've asked something for me, and because I want something from you, am I then making my boundary a little bit more flexible? And that's a bad idea. Mm, yeah, because I think you know there are kind of like some hidden benefits around saying no and not saying no, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of like if I don't say no to this, then you won't say no to that. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the silent yeah. contract stuff. And this happens a lot in, in, in relationships, long-term relationships. You know, I, I, I don't mention how much I hate the sound of you breathing if you <laughs> don't mention how much I spend in shopping to overcome my hatred of you breathing. That kind of thing, you know. <laughs> Sounds like the opening to a beautiful love song. It does. By the beautiful South, probably. <laughs> <laughs> But, but yeah, it's kind of like we end up in these silent, implicit contracts mm. with each other, you know, where we're both kind of, non, neither party is able to fully articulate what they want for fear of rejection and fearing the rejection more than the un- unfortunate consequences of not being able to pipe up and say what it is that they want in case the other party goes, yeah, and actually I want a divorce or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. That framing makes me think of Doctor Who psychic paper. It's like <gasps> we have these contracts that are written on psychic paper. Yeah. And so we every time you hand the piece of paper over, they're both looking at it and going, yeah, that's exactly what I, I agreed to. And it's like, yeah, but the two completely different documents. <laughs> because it's completely based on what we assumed. Yeah, yeah. And it can be, it's a way of covering unhealthy behaviour as well. Mm-hmm. You know, by not being able to, I, I mean, th- this thing of you know, oh no, you know, I, I wanted to say no to that extra drink, mm. but you know, I just, I just, I just couldn't, or you know, whatever. We all have these little things which, you know, we we str- you know we struggle to say no to. You know, my my particular thing is dark chocolate. I I do have a limit, and I know that I can't eat too much, and I will feel sick. Yeah, and I find it really hard sometimes to to say no. And and I I will say that I find it hard to say no as an excuse to have more. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
you know, and and then I guess you know one of the other reasons why you know we might find it one of the hidden benefits is you know you mentioned it earlier on about the capacity thing. Mm-hmm. If we say yes to everything, if we don't flex our no, and we that means that our schedule is busy. Mm-hmm. That means that we're busy with other people's stuff. That means that we don't have the opportunity or the energy or the bandwidth to sit down and be with our own selves and the the voices and the demons that we fear within. Busy busyness to avoid pain. Mm. You know, and I think this can be one of the dark sides of being a people pleaser, of wanting to make a positive difference in other people's lives is this thing of, you know, again, I've spotted this in a few people, you know, if I just keep running, what I'm afraid of can't catch me. Mm-hmm. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> completely, completely, you know, and we, it all feeds into this, these things of, you know, fear, ambivalence and confusion, mm-hmm. you know, because like the confusion stuff is, again, you're talking about the empathy thing. When we, when, our, when we are so caught up in what other people want, we can get, find it's very, have very little capacity to work out what we want in the face of all that data, particularly if you've got people who are strong personalities, who have a great deal of clarity. Mm. You know, it's quite nice, you know, when we are a little bit unsure to have someone place a flag in the ground and say, okay, this is this is like a point to orientate from. But if they then start turning those flags into like fence posts yeah. and linking them all up, yeah. <laughs> you know, that can be a little bit, that can be a different, different experience to, to engage with. Yes, it can. It can. And then... The ambivalence thing. I don't know about you, but I, to, to misquote Walt Whitman hugely, I contain multitudes. <laughs> there's like small communes, villages, there's occasional cities. Like there's various aspects of myself. And sometimes I think this can be part of the self-sabotage stuff is there is an aspect of, aspect of ourselves that isn't on board with what we want to do. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that that voice can start to scream louder. It's, it's just like, why did you put? Why did you say yes to this? We don't want to do this. I didn't want to do it then. I more don't want to do it now. Yeah, I told you it was going to be bad. This is bad. <laughs> I freaking warned you, dude. Yeah. You know, and yeah, and so you know, when having you know having this ambivalence, you know, we feel that the, we are one continuous being but actually you know there are so many aspects within us that can end up in this dialogue you know if, if you're lucky it's a council where they all talk to each other if, mm. you, if you're unlucky it's a bar fight mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and none of the buggers play dice no, so you know and having that and then of course you know what you know we touched on this right at the beginning the fear thing you know fear of other people's reactions fear of triggering someone else's anger fear of being seen in a way that we don't want to be seen you know in a way that's you know isn't in alignment you know if you think oh you know i'm I'm a kind helpful affable person you know that means that if i say no i'm no longer congruent with that Mm self-image who am i if i'm not if i if i'm not those things yes and then and then you have the question of uh if you say yes uh to one thing uh, what are you saying no to? You know, you you mentioned sort of schedules and and you know uh, and and the time and the, a book that I think we've come to a lot and I come back to a lot uh, is is four thousand weeks. Yeah, I mean Oliver Berkman, you know, 
I mean, he, he does go quite heavy on the whole mortality thing yeah. in it. And yeah. that, you know, there, there is no yeah. such thing as time. We are time. And, you know, it's all about death. But in 4,000 weeks, he does have this very compelling point that, you know, we will die with our to-do lists incomplete. Mm-hmm. And if we think of ourselves as moving, you know, being creatures of time and using these this ourselves and recognizing that we can't do everything you know allowing ourselves sometimes that grief mm-hmm. to recognize because oh, it, yeah. that that some shit is just not going to get done some yeah. shit is just not going to be experienced yeah and trying to find ways to align our choices with our values you know our hearts desire for who we want to be in the world which can you know, through recognizing our agency, you know, the fact that we can make choices most of the time. Sometimes they're really, really hard. Mm-hmm. You know, walking away from a relationship, walking away from a marriage, um, walking away from a job, a home, whatever. There's some like really hard choices that can be made and can be these things that mean we are moving closer to our values our hearts desire who we want to be in the world and meeting our needs or allowing space for our needs to be met you know i was working with an organization when we first started recording these in the first season that who i'm not no longer with and it broke my heart when that that partnership ended and yet it has created space for more opportunities to come in that I would never have sought out wouldn't even imagine that were out there for me and which meet meet my needs more more organically more consistently and it's it, it was because something which you know I, that I got to a point where you know I think both parties got to a point where there was a no mm-hmm. and being able to there's something about that word which is it is challenging and the word that just popped into my head is freeing as in there's a release there is a reclaiming of capacity for other things and for other experiences and by through this process we can start to cultivate a little bit more self-trust because we know that you know, you're talking about that inner voice. It goes, look, I told you it's going to be shit and it's shit. The hell do you listen to? Like, and so we can have this inner, co- inner sense of incongruence mm. where like, you know, I knew I shouldn't have said yes, but, but I let myself go along with it. Actually going, you know, I knew I wanted to say no and I actually managed to do that. All your parts start realizing, oh, there's, there's a hymn sheet and they're all starting to at least look at it now. <laughs> Maybe not sing from it yet, you know. But at least, at least we're reckon- mouthing along. You're mouthing mouthing along and like some of us like, you know, we have to hold it between three. So <laughs> not everyone can see it very clearly. But at least there is one, you know. Yeah. There's actually is one. And that cultivates more self trust. There's there's a a big thing there about the gut, I guess, and those moments you know if i think back those moments where i've someone said will you do you know do you want to do this thing and i've sort of gone yes um (laughs) because the gut is screaming 
or it's it, it's maybe not it, maybe it's not screaming, but there's a squirming. There's a something that's like, I don't think this is. I, I don't think so, boss. You know, I, mean? <laughs> I don't think this is a good idea, boss. Um, I don't know what voice that is, but you know, yeah, I got yeah. a bad feeling about this. I think I've got mighty boost there. Anyway, yeah, there is there is that voice. It's like I, I, I don't I don't think I don't think we should do this, boss. And and you're like, no, no, it'll be fine, be fine. Like I'm driving this ship. I know what's happening. And and mm. so, but yeah, it's and then. So far in, you just realize, like, you know, if I think about even paid projects that I've taken on, and, and very shortly thereafter, I, I can't wait but try and find a way out, oh, any right. kind of way out, because it's just like, I hate, I, uh, this is, it's like dragging through molasses, like, oh. because my whole, you know, my whole being does not want to do this thing, but there's a higher part of myself or a, a, a separate part of myself that's like, no, you need the money. It's like, sh- okay, I need the money, but do I need the aggro? Yeah, yeah, and I think that's really one of the challenges that a lot of people have in, in earning a living is, you know, finding this balance between, you know, the making the money thing and this aspect that that goes, oh, honey, you are selling your soul piece by piece right yeah. now doing this, you know, and I know that some entrepreneurs or, or so, some freelancers have like an asshole tax. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so... You know, if if I am going to have to grit my teeth and do this for money, you're going to pay me a premium to do that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I was chatting with a friend yesterday who's uh, who's been freelancing for a little bit longer than I have, and we, yeah, we got into the whole thing of if you're gonna take the risks inherent in working for yourself, mm. then there should be some rewards, and that one of those rewards should be that you get mostly to do what you want to do because otherwise what's the point <laughs> if you're going to take the financial risk and the and the uncertainty and all that stuff yeah. uh, and the admin you know and the, mm. the 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 tax of it all you better off like you should shouldn't you be able to enjoy what you do <laughs> otherwise yeah i mean i mean it's one of those things which is blindingly obvious <laughs> when you say it yeah but i think you know a lot of you know, small business owners, entrepreneurs, freelancers or whatever, you know, we, we might start with these intentions. Or some of us, you know, just started off as freelancers, you know, by accident, mm. you know, between jobs, you know, had a good client, moved on something into that and then ac- ac- the accidental entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there is, there are so, so many penalties or so much uncertainty when you work for yourself, potentially. Mm-hmm. Which, if you know, you could, you could certainly outsource a lot of the admin stress, <laughs> and if you know, you know, to 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 an employer, if you so chose. But then you know you sacrifice your autonomy and all sorts of things. But yeah. this isn't this isn't self help for entrepreneurs. This is for people pleasers. <laughs> what are some practical things? Let's get let's get down to brass tacks. How can we practice saying no, Anya? Well, there's there's a couple of things, you know. I think, first of all, it is just gaining awareness. You know, are there particular situations or people? I mean, you meant, I mean, the way you opened this, this with talking about the community radio thing, mm-hmm. actually being in a room of silence when no one else would volunteer, you know, just noticing that trigger and then just finding out, you know, how does that feel in your body? You know, there's a great one of the in the one of the videos I quote Mark Silver of uh, the Heart of Business. He has a brilliant blog post, which I think is called, you know, I'm just a girl who can't say no. Mm-hmm. And he says that these three questions, you know, do they need help? Do they need my help? 
and what level of help am I comfortable giving? My 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 former uh, therapist had a. I was yammering on about being irritated on a train, and his sort of one of his questions to me was, "Is it your task?" Because I was getting annoyed at. This is not about saying no, but I was I was getting annoyed at someone playing their music or listening to TikTok without headphones in on a train, and it's it's not so much the the doing that that winds me up. It's the it's the the rank rudeness of it and the the in just you know the the lack of whatever young people today blah, blah, blah. and you know I kind of just want to be able to have a word and say look we don't do that that's not what we do uh, in mm. a society put your headphones in because it's you know uh, and it's you know I want to make it a sort of teachable moment and my therapist was like is it your task and you know it it sort of helped with some of that frustration it's like it isn't my task to, to tell him that what he's doing is you know bad and wrong and he should be punished it's not my task and so i, I don't know it's just, there's just something in there you know with, with what you said about yeah asking ourselves is it yeah is this the help that i specifically need to to bring to this situation yeah and i think you know it's this idea of you know what's mine to do here yes because I think, you know, it is, you know, if you are a people pleaser, there is this thing of, you know, and, and this is something actually I st- personally still really struggle with, you know, seeing things and going, oh, I know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. Or I, I can help with that. And, you know, and a lot of that is, 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 is true. And there's an awful lot of it is not wanting to sit with the distress of, of, of seeing someone else in distress. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. it's not to make them feel better, it's to make ourselves feel better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just, you know, noticing the triggers, noticing, you know, just keeping, even keeping like a, like a little, there's not to be a, anything major, like a, 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 couple of, a couple of notes at the end of a day and just go, were there any times when I really struggled? Mm-hmm. And just, you know, noticing, okay, there are certain things. And then... Looking into your, you know, your friends and who you commu- who you talk to, you know, is there someone who you could actually be very explicit with and just say hi? You know, I really struggle with saying no. Can I practice? And even like an exercise of like five minutes of them like suggesting all the things that you love and you forcing yourself to say no. <laughs> you know, going going proper like exercise improv-y thing. You know, so I want to take you to your favorite restaurant. Uh, no, nope. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. But also. You know, in day-to-day life, you know, being able to smart start small. You know, think about, you know, if someone offers you a cup of tea and you'd actually quite fancy a coffee, you know, can you say no? Mm. It feels like, though, uh, there is there is such a... Or, or is there such a big difference between no thank you and... Well, yeah, I was because because well, you know what what does it really come down to? It comes down to no, I don't want to, and so I guess yeah, what I'm struggling there with or what I'm thinking wrestling with is mm. when someone's asked you to do something versus asked you if you want something. Yeah, yeah. And Whereas I think really, it's, kind of the answer is the same, but <laughs> yeah, and I think what you know, I, so I talk about this in the kit. You know, we can end up justifying things and you know that there's there's you know, kind of the closing thought is you know this idea of that i mean and i always think this is allegedly but the mm. idea that no is a complete sentence yes you know yes i think it it is and we are social creatures 
And so being able to, we want to be able to communicate actually that we are declining a specific thing and not rejecting the person. Mm. And I think that's where the nuance comes in, you know. And so being able to be specific and saying, thank you for thinking of me. I'm unfortunately, I'm unable to help you in this occasion, but I can ask so-and-so for you or whatever you might feel comfortable doing. Or I know, I hope that you find someone soon, you know. Or I can, you know, spend five minutes working out some alternatives, you know, alternative solutions. You know, whatever, you know, we have capacity for. So we don't have, just have to say, you know, no, do not darken my doorstep again. Yeah. And, 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 you know, there are certain circumstances under which that is entirely appropriate. Yes. <laughs> but actually, what I think what it's, it's trying to do is, you know, communicate as well. It's not just that. And I think people do tend to feel better if you say that you can't do something or you don't do something, you know, like more of a don't. So like, you know, I don't, I know I don't smoke or I don't drink tends to be uh, easier for people to reframe and move on from than, oh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not really in the mood. Yeah. That kind of leaves a door open and stuff. Yeah. It's going back to no being a complete sentence in, in as much as, what is for me and i'm sure for for many others perhaps for yourself as well the mm. the the tendency the you know what you want to do is is i think as you've already said is is to justify it is no because and mm. it's and it's that that anticipation of them then you know because if you say no the fear is they're going to ask why not and it's like well now i have to come up with a reason but you don't you don't have to come up with a reason <laughs> because that reason yeah. is yours. Um, and it may be because, you know, of, of many of these things, it may be because you want to protect your time. It may be because you want to protect someone else's time. You yeah. don't have to come up with a reason. I used to think that about holiday uh, and, you know, it, booking a holiday with, with my old employer and, and yeah. facing the question, you know, what are you doing? And it's like, well, actually, I just want to have a week off. I just want to sit mm. in my, my pajamas and eat biscuits <laughs> all day and watch Pointless. That's my plan. Like yeah. I plan to not be here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and that's okay. You know, it's it's you know, why are you booking this this particular one day off? Uh, well, it's because I've got an appointment with none of your business. <laughs> firm of lawyers. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And I think it is this thing of you know wanting. There's the two sides of that, isn't there? There's the side of wanting to have our own agency. And the other side wanting some element of control, mm. you know, prove to me that your reason for doing this is valid yeah. before I accept it rather than just taking it on face value of going, you have asked for this, therefore, this is what happens. This, this, this is not an issue. Person asker, sometimes you don't get the thing that you ask for uh, mm. and you, you have to just move on. You don't have to then find out why so that you can then come up with a counter. It's like, no, this isn't a negotiation. I've, <laughs> st- I've said I'm not doing it. I'm not giving yeah. you a reason because then that that becomes uh, the opening for a negotiation. And it's like, it, and like yeah. you said earlier, like if you offer to say, mm. no, but I can direct you over here. You know, I, I said no to, I think it was a piece of work to, to help edit someone's podcast. And because it was religious, I said, no, I, I don't do that. Um, but you can go to this website and uh, I happen to know that they are quite 
I think they're a religious company anyway, and so they won't have any compunction working on on, on it for you. So there mm. you go. You know, just being able to say no, but and and it at least just be here's some information or here's somewhere to get started, so that yeah. you haven't presented them a brick wall. You've at least shown them that that you know. Yes, it's away from you, but there is another direction. I know. Sometimes I think, you know, in the, in the, with the third question of, of the ones that Mark Silver recommends, you know, what level of help do I feel comfortable giving? Sometimes it's just signposting. Yeah. And that can still be valuable in and of itself. And so, like, the one thing I, I know I mentioned right at the beginning, the thing that Rebecca asked me about, which I completely forgotten about, which was the RISE acronym. Mm-hmm. And so and I think this kind of ties in nicely as we as we leave. And so it's... You know, register how you feel. And I think this is like the point of power for us and actually just tuning into what we want and, and how we're responding to it. As you said earlier on, like your gut sometimes like screaming at you going, no, dude, dude. Pull up, pull up, pull up. <laughs> but our socialised self wants others to like us. Mm-hmm. And so actually just noticing how we feel and maybe that tension between the two. And then I think, you know, this is... You know, the I is for what do I need right now? You know, what's really asking for my attention? Because sometimes when we're getting this impulse to help others or they're asking for our help or whatever, you know, there's a part of us asking for attention along the lines of, you know, oh, I want I want people to like me. I want them to accept me. And that can be part of the socialised self that wants to contradict our gut, mm. our, in, our authentic response. And then the idea, and I mentioned, you know, throwaway line, and this is something I've picked up, a phrase from Brene Brown, you know, standing on our sacred ground, you know. And I think it's, it's you know, we're not kind of pushing forward and not being aggressive and not allowing ourselves to be pushed back. We're just kind of like planting our feet, boom, you know, making ourselves feel stable and grounded. And then, you know, again, you know, I mentioned right at the beginning how this can be, you know, we've done the internal conflict aspect now and tuning in and then the last piece is is expressing ourselves you know the external communication aspect you know this is a way to you know rise to these occasions hopefully you know being able to register what we want recognizing what you know i might need standing on a sacred ground and then expressing that as a way to know whether no is the right word that we need The A to Z of Happiness is presented by Anya Pierce and me, Mark Stedman. It's produced by Origin and you can find us at a2zofhappiness.com where you'll also find links to the things we discussed. If you know someone who could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them, whichever way is easiest for you. Take care and do join us again next week on the A to Z of Happiness. Thank you.